Hello and welcome to the Sander Lanch podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about the works of Brandon Sanderson. Right now we are talking about Mistborn, the final empire, and I am Joe, and with me, as always, is... Jack. Ada. And Jamie. Yes, we're all here together, and we are talking about chapters 30 and 31, wherein, hey man, the shit kicks off, let me tell you. Finn goes to a ball, which quickly devolves into an assassination plot against her boyfriend, which she foils by killing her arch-nemesis. And um, then, you know, we get some recovery time, she gets back to club's clubhouse and we get some she finally decides to tell kelsier what's going on with the ventures what's their weaknesses and then we find out ellen's been following her which we probably could have guessed from the spy thing earlier and he gets some information on her as well so that's where we are today hold on to something everyone the sander lanch is about to begin Yep, after a couple of chapters with, or a couple episodes even, where there's kind of a lot of talking and exposition and stuff, we got some action in this chapter, or these chapters. So what did you guys think overall here? Uh, take that, Shandelariel. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so satisfying. He's like, yeah, you go, Vin. You you just plant those arrows straight in her chest. It was That, a, that was a really cool fight, too. Just like that. I think that's probably my favorite action scene we've had in the book so far. But yeah, no, I just thought it was a like really tight knit fight scene. I was, I just enjoyed the action where it was going. I guess it was just, it was more than a, oh, she's practice fighting against Kelsia or she's up against an Inquisitor, she's gonna lose sort of situation. It's like this could go either way, really. And yeah, I think that was the main thing. The rest of it was a whole bunch of talking, which you know, I guess you kind of need. I liked the little moment where she says, admits that she, like after everything, she still loved Reen, uh, and then the bit where. It turns out LN figures out she's a scar and is actually totally happy about it. I'm just like, ah, oh, okay. All right, well, well, we'll unpack that when we get to it. But yeah, good chapters. Yeah, I thought these were really good as well. I um, was super excited to continue reading the book after last week's chapters. And, um, yeah, I was like, when we first started reading, she's back at the Venture House and everything's so lovely and just a little too perfect. I was like, oh, man stuff's gonna happen and it did and we we got to learn about other characters who we didn't think were particularly important before I don't know for me it's just kind of like all right here's everything you thought you knew about someone and now we're going to change that up and I feel that everything we're going to read from this point on there's no there's no slow burn anymore it's just gonna come at us full force but yeah I, I again really enjoyed these chapters Good. Yeah, there's a we definitely learned some new stuff about some people who I I think after one chapter we had with Shan, I was like, so you guys uh, is is there, you know, they keep who's a Mistborn a secret. Is there anybody that we've seen that you think might be a secret Mistborn? And uh, I I was afraid I was giving too much away, but I don't (sighs) think that. uh, So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny when we read that Shan was a Mistborn. I replayed that conversation in my head. And also, I think it was last week's 
there, there was another conversation that we'd had as well about, oh, you know, like, what, what, what do you think's going to happen in this story with Shan? Like, mm, what's going on here? And then she died and I was like, ah. <laughs> you were setting us up. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> oh, hindsight, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that may have been I, it. May have been the episode before last, but yeah, we totally had that conversation where it was just like, so you know, Shan's got some sort of plan here. What do you guys think it's gonna be? And it's like, I don't know, because really, it was super unclear what her plan was gonna be. But in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's why she didn't care anymore. She was just gonna kill him. Yep. Yeah, I, these chapters, man. There's a lot of unmasking, right? That we got the the gossip lady who's actually a secret informant. I thought that was pretty awesome. She, uh, yeah, that, she tells that was, that was interesting. Yeah, she tells Vin just in time to to go save her boyfriend, and then we we see that Shan, Shan is actually a Mistborn. That was really cool. I didn't expect her to be a Mistborn. We knew she was a Misting, obviously, at least before, but it was very very cool to to kind of get that unmasking. And then technically, Vin gets unmasked a little by by Ellen. So a lot of secrets being mm. revealed in these two chapters. I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed kind of the the flow of, oh, uh, now I know this secret. Oh, now I know this secret. Oh, this person's now dead. Oh, now I know this secret. So, um, And then when Ellen finds out that, that Shan was a misborn as well, he's just like shocked to be like, how, how dumb can I be? Like, <laughs> I, I, I think this must be, I think this is like his wake up call, right? Like more so than the previous chapter when he finds out there's obviously something going on with Vin. It's like, He's realizing I have been a fool this entire time, and if I want to make a difference, I'm going to have to do something. So hopefully, this is gearing him up to be more than just a side character. Maybe this will gear him up either to be a main player or quite possibly die. Who knows? But I'm I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that Vin's kind of unmasked to to Ellen at least. I think she mentions like other people might have seen me. I'm not sure. So yeah. There was there, there's a lot of unmasking. It's true. Okay, let's start get started into these chapters. And the epigraph for chapter thirty is kind of he's just like you know most of the terrorists aren't as bad as Rashek, but it's kind of easier to convince them that they're he, he calls them like simple men, not philosophers or scholars. So they don't understand that their prophecies say the hero will be an outsider. And so he's. He, he doesn't even ha- have anything, it seems like, against these terrorists in this case, even with Rashek being like a huge jerk. He's like, you know, these guys aren't so bad, but it's hard to stand up to this hatred and passion that this guy has. And then Vin is back at Keep Venture and talking once again about how majestic it is. I don't remember if we've even been to Keep Venture again since her first ball. Don't think so, no. Other than you yeah, know, not when, on... when Ellen comes home that one time. Oh. Yeah, not on page, but... I, I think it mentions that she has gone to more than one ball there since that yeah. first time. Yeah, you're right. But they immediately notice that something is uh, wrong. And Vin tries talking to a group of people, and they're like, uh, uh-huh, yeah, we're just going to go over there now. Which I straight up thought this was going to be like a public outing that she was a spy or a scar or something on behalf of Ellen. And then oh, yeah. that, that was that was completely Oh, yeah. Right it was there with just you. so like eerie. I could totally see that. Then Sazed comes back and explains that basically everyone is freaking out because this is going to be the last ball, maybe for a very long time. The other houses, the ones that are still around and not 
executed in the burning wastes of their boats are uh, canceling their balls. So they they determined this is it. This is their last chance for like being seen and everything. So they've made House Renu so neutral that no one will wants to be involved or even seen talking to her at this point. And they decide that say they need to go and tell Kelsier because he's going to pretend to be an informant. And if he doesn't know something that's important, it will look bad, which makes sense. I mean, it's weird that like, they didn't hear about this big news and everybody else did. And there's a great note or like a little almost throwaway line in the annotations here where it's like, it says, now, if Sazed leaving her alone didn't hint at you that something was coming, well, you need to go back to foreshadowing school. Yeah. <laughs> Did everyone get that feeling when Says left that it's like something is about to go down? Oh yeah. Okay. Like yeah, I didn't I didn't know what, but yeah, I thought something is definitely going wrong. It's like Vin, fill your pockets with food and get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, no, Vin, go with him, go, go get a carriage. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of weird that she didn't honestly because it's like you're not going to accomplish anything here. She said that she needs to leave when it w- stay for a while and leave when it won't make House Renew look weak. But no one will talk to her. She's like isolated completely. I don't know how staying is going to help. And also, yeah. actually, you're just putting a spotlight on the fact that you don't have any allies because everyone can see you not mingling. Yeah, exactly. And besides that, you don't really care how weak House Renew looks. You're not actually a member of House Renew, Vin. That's uh, that is your cover. So. It shouldn't really matter. I guess by staying, though, she could see who's aligned with who and sort of figure out what was going on. Hmm, that's a good point. I, I think she wanted to stay also because she wanted to talk to Ellen and she hadn't talked to him yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that it, it, it may well have just been an excuse because she wants to see Ellen. And then she does see Ellen and uh, he dumps her. It's it's very sad. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I wasn't that invested in this relationship. <laughs> That's a false relationship anyway. They're both lying to each other about stuff. Yeah. And Ellen is, is a little harsh, which is kind of funny because when he comes back to it at the end of these chapters, he's like, oh, maybe I was too hard on her. <laughs> like after he finds out that she's been lying and possibly st- trying to steal from him and is secretly a ska, he's like, man, I was really mean to her, huh? <laughs> But he thinks she was only trying to rob him, the poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, theft. Such a sweet <laughs> yeah. How difficult I, it must have been li- for her to know she would have to make that decision. <laughs> and I like how his buddy's like, you know, to some people, money is important. <laughs> I'm sorry that it's like good for you, I guess, that you don't care this girl was trying to rob you. But, you know, some people might think that's bad. <laughs> I think it, the whole thing is very funny when you get to the end of the chapter, but like in this moment, it's kind of it's kind of sad. He, the one line that really gets me is where he's like, "Don't make me embarrass you in public, Flut." I was like, "Ouch, jeez." Yep. And then she has her whole like, "Don't leave, don't you leave me too." Oh, probably the most honest thing she's ever said to him. Right. And then she runs into Cliss, and as we've discussed, like Cliss is uh, reveals that she is an informant. And she's like, hey, let your uncle know that, you know, he didn't have many contacts. He could use someone like me. I know a lot of stuff for the right price. And she even points out that she knew, knows that what Vin told her at that previous party about House Hastings was an obvious lie. And 
it doesn't seem to have stopped her from spreading that lie, by the way, because we know Ellen heard about it. So, but it's interesting that she immediately recognizes that she's more clever than anyone has given her credit for so far. Because uh, I know it's not Clissa's fault because she has no idea, but my mind just went to the Dark Knight thing with Morgan Freeman. Just going like, like, you you believe that your employer is someone who beats up criminals with his bare hands, and your plan <laughs> is to blackmail this person? It's like, all right, Clissa doesn't know that, like, she's blackmailing Mistborn, but even so, I just kind of, like, imagined the whole good luck thing to her. <laughs> like, they're going to come down on her hard, because, like, if she's, if she's openly implied that she's going to cause a threat to their plans so they're gonna shut her down she does pretty openly well and to be fair even after she knows that vin is an alamancer she's like hey this is something else that you can just pay me money to uh not talk about yeah so she's not terribly frightened but she may not know the depth of uh she may think she's you know a soother or something and not realize but she learned vin learns from Cliss that chandelariol is planning to have ellen venture assassinated Tonight, possibly right now, possibly already, according to Cliss. It's like, yeah, it was supposed to happen as soon as he left the table. And on behalf of Daddy Dearest. Yeah, that's that's the kicker where he's like, she's she's just like, you know, if you want to know who to blame, though, gotta look to Straff Venture because he would love the opportunity to let his nephew inherit instead. So he purposefully withdrew his soldiers from around. I don't know what straff venture gets out of that necessarily except for having ellen removed i don't understand this plan Alarial wants to assassinate ellen for reasons i don't know what those reasons are necessarily and straff is okay with it he, he, he told ellen earlier that he thought you know if you're in charge of house venture it's going to go into complete ruin so like he in straff's twisted way he thinks he's protecting the future of his house by getting rid of a liability and adding and making someone more worthy in his eyes to the as, as an heir to the, to the fortunes yeah but at the same time house venture doesn't look real strong if your heir gets assassinated i feel like but even saying okay straff's getting something out of this so is alarial assassinating the venture heir because they want to hurt venture and they're going to work with Venture to hurt... I don't know. It's a weird <laughs> plan in my brain, and I just may not be figuring it out correctly. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just Straff like, has been looking for a way to get rid of Ellen for years, and now he's finally got an option which absolves him of any blame. Mm. And I guess they don't necessarily have to be working together. It could be that he heard about this assassination attempt through sources and is just going to let it happen. But Cliss knows that he's complicit in it, so I don't know. And Cliss is just extorting Vin at every step for this information. She gets her necklace made of sapphires, and she's like, so many questions and only one necklace. She knows her business. Mm. She's one of those characters, like, when she first showed up, I'm just like, this character will not be important in any way. And now I'm looking at her just going, okay, we're not done with you yet. You're going to, like, something's going to happen to you. <laughs> but uh, Vin uses Alamancy to just, like, squish her emotions down and be like, tell me what I want to know. And that's how she finds out. We kind of skipped straight to the discussion about uh, Ellen getting assassinated and his father being complicit. But Oh, and they get rid of the kid uh, Jastis, his friend from Lek Hall, which maybe that's even more what the Ventures get out of it, because we know that those houses are enemies based on uh, stuff we've heard in the past. But then Cliss is like, yeah, but Lord Venture's also going to be in for a surprise because Ellen has some uh, pretty messed up books in his possession. And he should be more careful about the things he tells his women, I think. 
So I wonder who that's a reference to. But mm-hmm. Then Cliss offers to keep her Alamancy a secret also, as long as she gets paid by tomorrow afternoon. She's She's got, like, no shame, and I, it's... I'm, I kind of like it, actually. I, I like her character now. Also scary, how much does she actually know mm. about anything? <laughs> she's she's calculating, and she knows what to say, when to say it. How much extra did she just go, you know what, now's not the time to share what I know. <laughs> it's true. Also, it was a really weird line there. It's like, a lady must buy food, and as you can see, I need a lot of it. What? Yeah, I think we'd been told before that she was kind of fat, so she's like, look how big I am. I need lots oh, of food. Oh, okay. I, I must have misremembered that bit. She's no shame about that either, apparently. She's like, yep, I'm a big girl. need my food. Yay, body positivity. <laughs> it's true. No shaming here. And I, I think we're like, when the obligators see those books after everyone bursts into Ellen's room with the commotion, it's going to be very interesting. Too bad Ellen will be dead. We haven't had the open execution of a nobleman in quite some time. She's... She's got a mouth on her. Yeah. Also, that just sounds like a Monty Python sketch. It's like you burst into a room. It's full. It's full of all these dead bodies. And you're just like, oh my god, look at this book. <laughs> <laughs> I like that picture. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's something for our fans to draw if anyone wants to follow that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Vin is going to go and save him. She's like, I have to stop this. Which I don't know. Was anybody surprised that Ellen dumps her and then she's immediately going to rescue him? Because I don't feel like you should be. Not even a little. <laughs> no. Okay. And she just kind of flies out and rips off her dress, flies out into the night, and manages to sense where this allomancy is coming from. Despite the fact that it's the pulses are hidden by what we later on in these chapters establish is uh, people burning copper. We got, I don't know if, I don't remember if there's an actual smoker or if just the two Mistborn that are there are smoking also, but uh, she finds them anyway, which we get we'll get into that discussion later. But they sent a lot of people on this assassination mission, two full Mistborn, and then sorry, I'm getting to where it discusses who else is there. We know there's at least one guy burning pewter that gets knocked down immediately. Yeah, it doesn't say a number; it just says several figures. Yeah, okay. She speculated there was a couple of coin shots and thugs, and I sort of had in my head it was about six people. But So in any case, they're very serious about making Ellen dead here. Anna Lariel was not playing around when she put a crew together with two Mistborn, uh, some thugs, some people who can shoot coins around. And she sees, uh, like, Vin immediately intuits, despite the fact, I mean... Just ignoring the mist cloaks. It's like if Chandelarial, somebody that important is here, it's because they're mistborn. And there's two yeah. of them. So she's like, oh crap, this is bad for me. One guy falls down into the skylight when she shoots coins at everybody. And Badass. <laughs> and then uh, two more are getting up to their feet, and she says, yeah, she says thugs, probably the other two are coin shots. And one of them tries to shoot her vial of metals away. But she uses his own push to send him flying off the roof. (laughs) And basically, once she kind of alerts everyone to what's happening uh, by having the guy, the pewter guy, stumble and fall through the skylight, she's like, "Okay, I've done everything I can. Hopefully Ellen takes that warning and runs. I got to get out of here because these two Mistborn are going to kill me. I just love the look on Shan's face when she realizes what's going on. It's like, oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first thing she's like, you! 
Because, yeah, that would be a surprise, all right. The girl that you had absolutely no respect for is also a Mistborn. And then yep. after she knocks the guy down and ruins their assassination mission, Shanna's still just like, you, you, <laughs> as she gets very angry. Just blue screens a bit. Yeah, well. And so Vince starts to run, and she's, like, hitting guards and using their armor to, like, throw herself around. And... I guess it okay so I'm I'm reading this so I can remember exactly what happens here. So somebody starts pulling against one of the guards by his armor and he's holding on to the stones and she's like, "Oh, I can mess up whoever's pulling against him. I can mess this up for them." And so she's like, "Sorry, friend," and kicks him free so that he gets pulled upwards and smacks into somebody in midair and they both just fall to the ground, which is a hilarious picture. Like this is the kind of scene that I want to see in the movie yep. where, you know, oh, they dedicate that. There's like it's all misty, and you just see this guy being like pulled towards the mist, and then she kicks him loose, and you hear smack, and it'd just be so much fun. And she thinks, I sure hope that was Sean, <laughs> which I guess it wasn't because Shan shows up and the other Mistborn does not, so presumably that was the other Mistborn guy. And uh, Shan shows up, and they start to fight, and Shan is better with daggers than Vin, and Vin's like, crap, I really should have practiced this more. <laughs> happens when you only rely on your metals and not your tools yeah really vin hasn't been studying that long as kelsey reminds us later so it may just be that yeah true he hasn't taken the time for knife fighting much yet probably did not expect her to need it this soon <laughs> i like that she recognized that it was a weakness though that she yeah. didn't just go and he was like yeah yeah i can do this it was like whoa hang on i don't i'm not comfortable with this i haven't done enough training here try and get away but yeah yeah i feel like the last I mean, she fought the Inquisitors, but that was more panic. I just have to get away. The last time we saw her, like, in a confrontation with somebody, it was Kelsier and when they were practicing. And mm. she was trying to come, like, force against force and just push against him and was kind of stubborn and not wanting to give in. And I feel like you can see her progress here and that she's a much smarter fighter now than she was, like, several months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Vin realizes that Shan probably has a lot more adium than she does. And she's also a better fighter. So... Can't run, because she'll just chase me down and wait until I run out of Adium. Can't fight, because she's better than me. I have to figure out some way to, like, end this quickly. And she comes up with a great idea, which is pretending she ran out of Adium, and then burning it again, and using that moment of confusion when Shan thinks, like, oh, she's run out, I can kill her now, and there's, wait, what? Apparently, House Venture archers are shooting at them, and shooting arrows with no arrowheads, just made of wood, to try to kill them because you wouldn't want to use metal arrowheads against uh, Mistings or Mistborn. Yep. Perfect sense. So she sees, when she burns Adium, she sees the arrows flying through the air, grabs one, and slams it, like grabs it out of the air, which is also a super badass moment. She's like arrow out of the air as it flies by and jams it into Shan's chest where it breaks off. And then Shan starts getting up. And she slams the second half of the arrow in right next to it. And she While making a sword strike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she's fainting. And then she's just, it's a really good moment. That was yeah. incredible. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's like Aragorn chopping off the Urukai's head. Any of those hero moments from, like, from your favorite movies slash cartoons. Like, I just envision her dropping the Adium for a second and all her shadows disappear. And then... You know, the look on Shan's face, triumphant, and she thinks she's she's beaten her. 
and then her swing in and then all of a sudden all the shadows reappear going off in different directions and her face of shock and just you know then the arrow hits her and her face and then i'm sure she's shocked and then the second one goes in and she dies just like i almost wish he'd given her some parting words like you know (laughs) like even 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 the same words she said before just like you you and then you know death but what we I got thought you meant you wanted Vin to give her some parting words, like Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner. No, no, <laughs> no. I wanted Shan to say like a couple words before she died, but that's all right. No, it was it was a, it was a great moment. I was I was sort of picturing like the the Lord of the Rings thing, where she's like, "No man can kill me," and she goes, "I am no man." It's like, it's like a no 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 country noble woman could could defeat me, and she goes, "Actually, I'm a scar." Bonk. <laughs> that would that on your mind. Yeah. You just got killed by a ska. That would be really embarrassing for Shan. Yep. Now, now I'm just trying I mean, to think of like, didn't have much time to feel embarrassment. Well, yeah, no. I'm I'm now trying to think of a good Arnold one-liner there, and I'm, I'm just like <laughs> something about a broken heart is the best I yeah. can come up with. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, no, there was there was one in Predator where he nailed the dude to the um to the wall with a spear and goes stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got my point. But yeah, then Vin having one She plants the arrow through there, and all of a sudden Bon Jovi just goes, Shot through the heart, and you're <laughs> to blame. Shot through the heart, and you're to blame. That would totally work. No, yep. <laughs> That's the perfect song. Now that's I want that to play here in the podcast. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Excuse me for firing Cupid's arrow. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, do any of the one-liners that Arnold okay. says make that much sense? That's fair. Okay. Ice to meet you. <laughs> oh God! Don't bring that one up. <laughs> so yeah, Vin takes off after uh, beating a Mistborn in a fight. I guess kind of too. She she knocked that other one down at least, and he ran off or something. We find out later. Well, he could be unconscious. So it's a pretty good night for her, all, all in all. <laughs> End result, yes. I mean, she got dumped, but still. And really, yeah, I, I like how she ends the night sobbing, and you're like, it's a pretty good night for her. Okay, well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> She's making some psychological breakthroughs, which I feel are really important. Okay, so. Uh... <laughs> it's like, with, with time, she'll come to regard this as a win. Yeah, totally. She's. I, I think another thing that makes this fight really good is like the personal, is kind of how personal it is because Vin hasn't interacted with all that many people that we've seen, and Shan is just a really horrible person to her. And now we talked about before it was like you are like man, I hope Shan gets what's coming to her, <laughs> and she totally does. Her plan is ruined, and she's dead. What more could you ask for? And we get to another epigraph for the next chapter. And this one, he's like, other men worry about whether they will be remembered. I have no such fears. I worry about what they will say of me. Historians can make what they wish of the past. In a thousand years' time, will I be remembered as a man who protected mankind from powerful evil or as a tyrant who arrogantly tried to make himself a legend? Which I think is supposed to be really ironic because it's like, all right, Lord Ruler wrote this and he's still around in a thousand years. And also is a tyrant, so... Yeah, I thought this one, <laughs> this one was really on the nose. I'm just like, we know that's not what happens, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't have to worry about being forgotten. We, we know that. So he's not wrong. So with all this, I'm just like, 
Right, I, I know taking into account our theories that, like, it's not him anymore, it's the Deepness, or it's Rashek, or whatever, but, like, if it is still this guy writing writing this book who is the Lord Ruler, it's like, is that just what he does all day? He gets he goes up there and he just composes really mopey poetry about how he didn't get what he wanted, and, like, life is so <laughs> cruel and everything else? <laughs> I don't know. He stopped writing in this book. Maybe that was because he started a new one. He started his poetry mm. book. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, Dear Diary, the ska <laughs> won't do anything I say. <laughs> I had to kill so many of them. Why? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ellen did say that the Lord Ruler always looks depressed. He said that, yep. I just imagine him like going back to his room and playing like some My Chemical Romance or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's got someone at the corner playing it on a loot. Yeah. He's like bing 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 He's got a whole band like that just has to sit in his room and wait for him to come in. Yeah, he's got like a medieval Gerard Way just standing there like I'll do anything you want, Lord Ruler. He just walks in and he's like, No, I don't want to hear this song skip track. It's like maybe you'll enjoy my uh, my Netflix adapted comic, Umbrella Academy. <laughs> so okay, chapter thirty one. We um we come into everyone sitting around club shop or clubs clubhouse as you guys uh, enjoy calling it and making fun of Breeze because that's what you do is you make fun of Breeze. Like he's complaining about how he's always the target of mockery and I'm just like I don't think you were at the start of the book. I think it's gotten worse as time's gone by. Maybe. I'm trying to remember the first meeting. I feel like maybe they still made fun of him a little bit in the first meeting, but you don't want to do it too much because you want him to join your crew, right? Actually, actually, now that I've said that, it's like maybe he wasn't because at the time they had Yedin and he was just a more obvious target of mockery. Ooh, yep, yep. So now that Yedin's not around, they're just like, oh, who are we going to make fun of all the time? Ignoring the obvious choice of Spook. <laughs> and speaking of Spook, like at one point Breeze is like, the ju- this is getting juvenile. The teenage boy was the only one who found that comment amusing. And we can skip over, you know, the, the, they're going to make him minister of sanitation is the joke. And then they talk about how his butt is nice and it gets weird. And I do like Ham's line of your verbal, your witty verbal attacks have no effect on me. I'm far too dense to understand them. I fucking love Ham. <laughs> Ham is the best. <laughs> and uh, Vin bursts into the room all bleeding and uh, holding her dress in her arms while still wearing her undergarments. Oh man. And does Spook ever get the surprise of a lifetime? <laughs> I mean, if this, <laughs> if this was anime, his nose would be bleeding. It, yes. He'd, stuff, he'd be stuffed in a napkin up there. If it was anime. I just imagine the noise. Oh, <laughs> and of course, Doxon's first statement is what happened to your dress? Yeah. And in, if, again, yeah. if it was anime, Doxon would have been like, non doctor. <laughs> yeah okay uh i'm just i'm too we've been watching uh food wars for like the last two weeks and so oh dude uh, i love food wars i was wa- yeah i watched that on hulu when it came out like a couple years back i just haven't watched it but i remember billy talked about it on the last episode of their podcast and i'm like this sounds really funny but also super weird <laughs> oh it did is yeah, weird. i won't listen to that one yet the uh i think my favorite thing actually is the manga because the manga gives you recipes for all the food they make Ooh, interesting. so it's like you can try to make the food of course a lot of the food they make is obviously 
local ingredients from Japan. So it's like, well, I got to order this special fish just to make this dish. I don't know if I can do that. I, I, this I economy? Like, oh, well, yeah. I like the way the anime like is randomly like trying to be educational, too. It's like they bring up some, like they say a word or they bring up a dish and it'll pop up a thing that's like, this word means this. And in this context, it's like funny because it sounds like this other Japanese word that means this other thing. Or it's like this ingredient is from this region of Japan and does this. And I was like, OK, that <laughs> it, it's a weirdly educational on one end, whereas on the other end, people taste the food and it's so good their clothes explode off. So it's yeah. a very strange balance. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much like Miss Four in the Final Empire. <laughs> well, Vin's clothes are off, yes, and that is what Doxon yells at her about. Yeah, I like how Breeze is the one who's just like, like, who cares about the dress? What happened to you? Right, like, it's such oh, a weird thing for Doxon to guy latch onto. <laughs> but, but, but also, it's like Breeze is the one showing concern for other people, and it's like, oh, Breeze does have a heart. <laughs> I also like Kelsier's like, look, Doxon's just mad. That's his way of showing that he yep. cares. I'm sorry. That's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> and. I like Vin's for explanation is, I think I did something bad. I kind of killed Chandelarial. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> kinda? <laughs> Mistborn, we fought, I won. And Kelsier is immediately like, you've been training for barely eight months, and you killed a fully trained Mistborn. He didn't say this, he just thinks it. He's like, holy crap. Thank you, some respect. And Kelsier, when they send him off to grab the bag, he's like, you might want to get something for her to wear, too. I think Spook's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a weird non sequitur here. I guess it's not really a non sequitur. It's just so random in the middle of this conversation where she's like, what's wrong with this? Like, it's not much more revealing than other stuff I wear. And Toxin's like, well, those are undergarments, Vin. And it's the principle of the matter. Young ladies don't run around in their undergarments. It's like, really, this is what we're stopping to talk about. All right. He's like, yes, Dad. I'm sorry. Next time I get into a fight for my life, I'll keep my clothes on. <laughs> Why? That was a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this is like okay okay keep your knickers on i've got mine man. it's fine <laughs> touche and dachshin is just continues with the superficials where he's like oh that cheek wound is going to be pretty obvious even with makeup do you alamancers even think about what you're going to look like the day after i mean that's it, it... It does sort of make sense, because he's the guy who's always forward planning and thinking about the cleanup of, of operations, and he's just like, oh, God, it's going to take forever to fix this. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, he's always the, like, logical-minded one, so it kind of works, except for the fact that she's still just standing there bleeding, and apparently the, <laughs> the wound on her arm goes down to the bone, says, says so it's... Uh. I, I was confused as to how she still has her dress. I, she ripped it off. She wasn't carrying it around that yes. whole fight, so she went. She doubled back to the venture yes. compound to grab her dress. She absolutely did, and there it's actually mentioned in oh, okay. annotations where he says, "Let me see if I can find it." There it is. I love Vin's entrance. Perhaps I have a flair for melodrama, but I think it worked very well to have her burst in here, bloodied, carrying her dress, which of course she went back and fetched so that it wouldn't give her away. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, the idea was if they found her dress, then they would know who it was exactly that was the Mistborn that was out there fighting, and you couldn't have that. Yeah, makes sense. That's what I assumed. But yeah, so she 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 went back in the middle of all these guards shooting at her and stuff. Yeah, she went back for the dress. But there's a reason, so you know. And Kelsey's like, keeps coming back. He's like, why? Why would you do this, Vin? 
this is not only a danger to you, but to all of us. And he just like, she kept kept kind of trying to dance around why she did it until finally she was going to kill Ellen. And now he's just like mad. (laughs) He's a good man. He's a nobleman. So are you. And then she has her speech about how, you know, this is not the life of a ska, like hanging around in suits, eating full meals and having nightcaps with your friends. And she's like, you guys are more like noblemen than ska. Yeah, talking about each other's butts and how they look. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she has this outburst and then runs away feeling all guilty. What do you guys think about like, what she says here? It's not wrong. Um, you know, she's not wrong. And I think Kelsier is man enough to admit, like, yeah, what she's saying has some merit to it. But I think she's also just saying it out of fear for herself and that she's upset. Because I think if she really stopped to think about it, she wouldn't have said those things. But obviously, this is a very tense moment for her. She's having to come to grips with a lot of things that have just happened. And um, her her part in what could be the downfall of, of their entire plan. So she's she's reacting without thinking, I think. But she's not wrong. I guess it's also pretty fresh for her. Like, I mean, she's just had Ellen leave her. And she talks about Rain leaving her. And the life that she had, even though like it was that bad, but the people just leave her. So she's kind of thinking about that too. So it's, it's yes, the emotion of the situation, but it's, you know, she's gone through more in one night than what most people will have gone through. And she's just, you know, exploding. Can't keep it in. Yeah. It also sort of comes down to, yeah, nothing she says is invalid, but, yeah, she's she's had she's had an awful night, and she needs to feel like she's done something right. And so the reason that she did this is uh, the one thing she feels that she has done right so far, at least in the last little while. And Kelsey's reaction is sort of like trying to take that away. He's trying to say, "No, you did the wrong thing." Mm. Um, and she, and she's like, "No, I did the right thing, and you don't get to tell me that it wasn't." And gives this whole <laughs> rant basically to just it sounds like, "Get off my back! I wanted to do the right thing." And none of them are able to really fight her on that. Yeah, I can see that, especially because uh, Kelsier, like his, when she says he's a good man, his response is he's a nobleman. Just by default, they're evil, which we know is Kelsier's yeah. outlook. But that's not really enough for Vin. But I think this is as close as we get to the "it sucks to be a ska" section in these chapters <laughs> because she <laughs> goes, she goes through. She's like, "What do you know about?" Scott, Kelsey, or when's the last time you slept in an alley listening to the beggar next to you cough with a sickness that you knew would kill him or worrying about one of the men in the crew trying to rape you or wishing you had the courage to knife the crew member beside you so you could take his crust of bread. It's just it's a really sad, huge paragraph of like the crappy crap that her life has been before this, basically. Yep. And then she says, you're just noblemen without titles and runs off. Mic drop. Yeah, well... Kelsey, for once, found himself without anything to say. Boom. Oh, (laughs) that is something else I wanted to read. Because, yes, that is a very dramatic little moment. And in the annotations, right after that part about the dress, it says that he changed the last line of this scene. Up until the copy edit, the last line from Kelsey's viewpoint was him thinking, well, she certainly has changed. But it seemed like too much of a quip and undermined the tension and the emotions of that chapter. So they decided to change it out away from being a snarky comment from Kelsier, which I, I feel like is a yeah. great change. Yeah. So she goes up to the roof and she's all angry and sad. And Kelsier comes up after her and she's like, oh, God, I don't want to talk to him now. Not after what I just said. But he's trying to 
be nice to her. And he asked her, you know, like, what really happened? And she's like, Ellen told me he didn't want to be with me anymore. And Kelsier's like, was this before or after you killed his former fiance? Which, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I want to picture how it would have been after. Like, she kills Chandelario and Ellen's like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. This is getting <laughs> I, weird. I think we should see other people. <laughs> <laughs> and he, th- they, they kind of talk about how you still love people even after they hurt you. And he knows because of Mare. And she says, I loved him, Kelsier. And he says, Ellen. And she's like, no, Reen. After everything that happened, I thought about how much I hated him every day. But I loved him. And I still do. And it hurts so much. And it's so sad. This was just brutal. <sighs> yeah. And we've talked about before what it would be like for Reen to come back into the story. And like what that would look like. And we've really hated Reen up till this point, And he's still a jerk. And did horrible things to her. But she's just like, he's, you know, he was her brother. It was like, there was, there was that line in her rant. It's like, like, yeah, have you ever cowed before your brother as he beat you all the time feeling thankful because you at least had someone who paid attention to you? I'm like, oof, that's a, that, that's a heavy load to drop. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's you know, it's tough. She, um, <clears throat> she's got somebody who looked out for her at her, in a very developmental age of her life. He made normal look like something very perverted and strange, but that was what she knew. And, you know, it's like when you have somebody who's looking out for you like that, even even though they don't seem to have your best interests at heart from an outsider's perspective. I'm not saying it's like a Stockholm syndrome type deal, but obviously it's like that was the only connection she had, the only blood connection she had that she felt like even if even if he beats me, it's like he, he knows who I am. He knows me. He knows who I am. We're in this together. And then he leaves. So, Mm-mm. Yeah, that's almost – I mean, all the horrible stuff we he did, but it's still the worst part is the part where he left. Like that's the part that she can't get over. Even though he, she's, she's always like, he always told me he would. I just didn't think that – it's just such a sad relationship. And then she and Kelsier, they get into a discussion about the ska, and she kind of reverses, not reverses what she was saying, but she's like, you know, if you were just normal ska, you wouldn't have been able to do what you did, or what you are doing. And so, technically, they're all like half ska, all these Alamancers, or maybe a little less than half, or a little more than half ska, I should say. Uh, They're half, or they all have some noble blood, is where I'm trying to go. So none of them are pure ska, but... She's like, you you chose to use this opportunity to help your ska half, and that makes you worthy of being a ska, which is a line that Kelsier likes. And it's a very different way of looking at it from what we've done so far. And she tells him the secret of House Venture, and that they mine the Adium. And Kelsier's like, of course, this makes so much sense. And she asks him not to do anything, and he's like, I can't promise that. Venture has to fall. And then she's like, now I've betrayed Ellen also, which is also sad. But then they get into an interesting discussion where we dive some more into the depths of Alamancy and the strange things that happen. Yeah, and when they got to this part, I was like, I knew when she found the assassins, I'm like, something's going on. Like, something, mm. this is not normal for her to be able to find them because I know they've got a smoker. So I'm glad that it was addressed because I was just like, this doesn't make any sense how she could find them. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And and I mean, she likens it back to even all the way back to their, her fight with the Inquisitors when the Inquisitor found her when he shouldn't have been able to either. So there's been something going on for a while that we don't quite understand. And she says, I think maybe Mare didn't betray you and they just sensed you coming because of her allomancy because she was a Tenai. And Kelsier says, no, we had a smoker with us. Red was his name with two Ds. I don't it's a weird name. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kept thinking, I got to practice my stabbing, Red. <laughs> <laughs> I think the second episode in a row we've made that reference. I mean, it's a good reference. Dave Herman's yeah, a genius. Reference. It's excellent. Yeah, we need more Futurama in our lives, obviously. Yep. So she's like, I think that it's possible to sense Alamancy even through copper. And Kelsey's like, no, no, it's not. And she tries to say, I did it tonight. And he's like, no, that you you must be mistaken. And they run a test. And let's see. For a moment, she felt a strange, slow pulsing like a distant drum, unlike any alimantic rhythm she felt before, coming from far away. But then she can feel what Kelsier is burning right next to her. And she gets it right. It's pewter and then tin and steel. And he's like, holy crap. This is not supposed to be possible. Yeah, it was a very like Jedi test moment where she's just like a ship. A cup. <laughs> yep. A speeder. <laughs> a cup. I was thinking more like Ghostbusters when he's doing the uh, the psychic test on the girl. I was like, You're getting <laughs> yeah. them all right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except the guy was getting them. Get got one of them right, and he still zapped him. Yep. That's that's the best part of that scene, by the way. Is like. They're trying to test if shocking when they get it wrong will make them get it right. And he totally ignores when his hypothesis is actually showing some evidence to be true because he wants the girl. As as, as somebody who has done psychological research, that's the best part of that scene is when he ignores the research. <laughs> oh, Dr. Venkman. Uh, sorry, we're just so easily distracted from what we're talking about. But That's fine. But it, so it turns out... like. Kelsier mentions that Inquisitors are also stronger. They can push and pull harder than regular Mistborn. So maybe Vin's just stronger. She's like, well, I'm not an Inquisitor. He's like, so do you guys think that this makes sense? That Vin is just somehow stronger than regular old Mist peoples? I mean, it makes sense given what he says. Where he's like, uh, yeah, Alamances have been trying this for ages. Like, I've even tried it and we couldn't do it. That's why we all think it's impossible. So... Mm -hmm. Like, in that context, yes, yeah, there's got to be something different about Vin. I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's just as simple as saying she's strong, because surely there are strong misborn out there. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a bit interesting, like, her comments that she's like, I could still feel the Lord Ruler, you know, even when I was trying not to. Mm -hmm. um, so, we, we might talk about that a little bit later, but, yeah, I don't think it's just her strength that's enabling her to do this. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, Kelsier decides that he's like, you just must be stronger than everybody else, and you should be proud of this. Like, if if there's one thing I can teach you, it should be, like, uh, self-confidence is what he says. And then it's like, come on, we got to go get you stitched up and stuff. And she's like, I can't go and face them after that. He's like, don't worry. If you didn't say stupid things every once in a while, you wouldn't fit in with this group. And, you know. <laughs> I think I actually laughed out loud while reading that piece. <laughs> it's... See, it, it does end on a kind of a positive thing for her, where it's like she he leads her back to the warmth of the kitchen, is what it says. And then we cut to Elland, 
who apparently, after some dude falls through the skylight into the middle of his meeting, he's just like, okay, let's get my secret banned books and leave. And they just went GTFO. for a drive. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, him and his friend Jastis just go out for a drive, and uh, it gives them the opportunity to talk to the spies that he borrowed from his dad. Their leader is one Felt, apparently. And they traced... I guess he they had I guess they followed Sazed when he left the party tonight is what it sounds like. Although they also say they've been watching the place all night and no one mentions uh, Vin having run in all bloody and holding her dress, but I guess maybe they aren't watching as well as they are pretending. Well, they said they had to be careful because there were other watch nests, so maybe they were just like while they're avoiding being spotted themselves, they missed that. Mm. But uh, they know that it's the shop of a master ska carpenter. One Master Clayton, which we know is Club's last name. Or name. I don't know if he has first and last name, actually. <laughs> and they've been watching it, and they're, they've spotted watch nests hidden on the roof and some surrounding... Or uh, the top floors, rather. And Ellen's like, well, that's a weird thing for a craftsman's shop. He's like, also, it turns out that like all the windows are sealed and soundproofed, basically. We snuck up and couldn't hear anything. And they, they intuit from this that it must be an underground hideout, some kind of ska thieving crew, a very well-funded and skilled one. And they ain't wrong. No, they are not. They are definitely not wrong. They are right on target. <laughs> you are technically correct. The best kind of correct. Although, Felt seems very skilled from that. I, I uh, He doesn't quite know what he's going to get into when he's like, do you want us to break in? I've got enough men to take their entire crew. And I'm like, no, man, no, you don't. You think you do, <laughs> but... <laughs> We got two Mistborn in there. They would probably rip you up. Just want to say, Dak made another Futurama reference. It was gold. Thank you. <laughs> I am Bender. Please insert Girder. <laughs> uh, so they decide that uh, Vin must have been just trying to rob him. She was she was a ska thief coming to these things to try to rob or scam him in some way. And Ellen is relieved by this. And as we talked about earlier, he's like, he's like, it's only money, Jastys, and money is kind of important to some of us, Ellen. And as as Jamie said, he's like, that poor girl, all this time she must have been worrying about the scam she would have to pull on me. <laughs> he's, he, I, I don't know if it's him being continually oblivious some more, or if he, I, he's just an odd guy. Yeah, he's definitely odd. I think, I think he kind of explains it in his inner monologue. It's like, he, he feels like her feelings were genuine. So the reason he feels bad is because he's like, well, I mean, she wasn't faking liking me. I'm almost certain. So she probably was, was, this is probably torturing her having to think she has to steal from me at the same time, like falling, falling for me or developing a relationship with me. She didn't count on the fact I'd be so dashing. and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she didn't think about how thick my books were. Or anything. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it always has to come out at some point. <laughs> the thick books always have to make an appearance. I love our running gags. Yeah. <laughs> Volcanoes, thick books. It just, it just never stops. Uh, Ellen makes a good point that she didn't really spend that much time with me, actually. Maybe she was after something else. Or maybe she's an informant, which I felt like he should be more worried about the possibility she was an informant, given that he told her a super important secret that she could then have turned around to sell. But maybe that's just me. But he's most impressed when he realizes she's a ska and she was like good enough to fool us all. She she was walking and talking. It was amazing. 
She knew which forks to hold. Well, and he's he's like, if they're not that different from us, what right do we have treating them like we do? And Jastis is like, whatever. Look, that's not important right now. We're in the middle of a house war. Somebody was spying on our meeting tonight. Do you not understand how big a deal this is? And I like that they apparently think there were some spies listening at the window and one of them tripped and fell in. It was like, oh, we were just being spied on by some terrible spies. It's fine. <laughs> and Ellen ends his thing. was like, it's been a productive night for us. We know some of the secrets. The spies gave themselves away and got chased off or captured. Everything's coming up Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the girl I love is actually a lowborn peasant. Awesome. <laughs> of how they, they, they just got this information that is all just so right and we're all panicking because it's like oh, they found out their secret and somehow he's just not quite got there it's like ah, oh, dude you tried and we talked about last time it's like you know what's going to happen once they find out these secrets and we had all these like you know is he going to turn them in is he going to do this or that and as it turns out he doesn't really care that much well now nah, he's not cool with yet. It. It, like he knows what they are he doesn't know what they're up to when that comes out. Mm. Like, because like he still hasn't twigged to the fact that she kind of gave away the whole overthrowing the Lord Ruler thing. Like, once that clicks, he might just go, ah, oh, 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 shit. Mm, it's a fair point. But he could be sympathetic to the cause though, because he's like, well, what is like? Why do we treat them like this? Like, they're they're people. They're the same as us. They can be the same as us. What right do we have? Which is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. So maybe he won't. He will be the ambassador between their peoples, and things will be peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we can get rid of the Lord Ruler, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of the the, the thing. It's the big if. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now just tear up his poetry book. He'll be crying too hard to rule an empire. <laughs> just cries. <Yeah. laughs> too sad without his diary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He'd be God. like, somebody, dear diary, somebody stole my diary. Wait. No! <laughs> That's the real reason he had all these people executed, was because he found out someone took his diary. It's very sad. Someone took like, my diary! The Inquisitors are walking past, just like, what are you up to? Uh, he told me to go to get him some more blank books and ink, and he's like, I'm just sick of this duty. <laughs> okay, so the next thing we get is uh, Strap Venture is still a jerk, in case anyone was wondering. Because Ellen goes to see him, and he's just berating his guards. And Ellen's thinking, they were noblemen, so Venture couldn't execute them. But he was very fond of the more brutal dis- disciplinary forms. What, like, was anyone still wondering if Venture was <laughs> still a jerk? Like, has has there been any occasion <laughs> where he has not been a jerk? No, no, there has not. It's like, not it's a... like Chandelariel. It's like, what you see is what you get. It really is. You, you get the impression that Straff is... J- he doesn't care enough about what anyone else thinks to try to hide anything at this point, it seems like. <laughs> he he, pull, he pulls Ellen in there, and he's like, where have you been? Oh, I left. Jeez, my fucking son. <laughs> Endanger yourself if you wish. It's too bad the Mistborn didn't catch you. That could have saved me a great deal of frustration. He's just, we know, if Cliss is right, at least, that Lord Venture was complicit in trying to have his son murdered. And he's, he, he doesn't he's care. He's very open about it. Well, I mean, he's not saying, like, yes, I tried to get them to kill you, but he's like, man, I kind of, I really wish they had killed you. So he's not really trying hard to. <laughs> he's really just like, God damn it, you're alive? <sighs> oh, and he's like, no, it's a whole, Ellen's like, so they weren't just spies? It's like, no, a whole assassination team sent after you and your friends. How do we know that it was a misborn? Well, our guard managed to kill her as she was fleeing. 
And even even Ellen is like, wait, some common soldiers killed a full Mistborn. Really? And then he asks if it was anybody he knows. And he's like, uh, yeah, Chandelariel. And this is another anime scene for me where it's like Ellen, like the entire world around him would turn into like spirals of color as he gets like this frozen expression <laughs> of shock on his face. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, Nani? <laughs> and so he's like, man, I can't avoid politics by being part of it. I've apparently been part of it for a long time. And he realizes it's like, maybe they planned on having an Illyrial child become the heir to the house and then kill Ellen. And that's why they set up this marriage in the first place. So yeah, that's a fun thing to uh, realize that you almost got married and murdered by the same woman. I mean, whole nine yards, you know, well, yeah, that's, that's uh, not that she was going to murder him. She was hiring someone to do it, but yeah, that's fair. Well, if she'd been misborn, I'm sure she would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> if she'd been misborn, she would have been less annoying. That would be a well, massive twist in that movie. It would. It's like, by the way, I have magical powers. <laughs> Jimmy the Tulip's like, what the hell? You can only get them by being French-Canadian. <laughs> uh, so, yes, all, all, all misborn are French-Canadian. That's the new thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, they were French in, like you said, there's the French influence over this book, so exactly. maybe the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all, it's adding up to me. And I like, as as his dad is explaining it, he's like, yeah, some of the guards say there was like a third Mistborn, maybe fighting the other two, but it wasn't one of ours, so I don't think it's, that could be. And Helen's like, well, maybe it was just somebody trying to stop the assassination after they found out about it. You know, maybe they just wanted to stop an innocent man from being murdered. And Lord Venture is like, you're an idiot boy. You understand that, right? It's just... <laughs> I hate this guy, but I kind of love him, too, because of how blunt <laughs> and horrible he is. It's a fun kind yeah. of character. Well, the guy let's you look at it. Yeah, exactly. But let's look at it from his perspective. I mean, he's a jerk, no doubt. But you're the most powerful guy besides the Lord Ruler in, in the central dominance, right? And you got this kid. He doesn't do anything the way a man should do, in your opinion. Uh, and and he just won't die. You know, it's, it's got to be frustrating for him. Die. Yeah. And he's like, ugh, man, I barely even loved your mother, and I got to deal with you. You're the worst. <laughs> oh, wow. That took a dark turn. And Probably not inaccurate. Well, no, I'm not going to say that it was, but because apparently his uh, we've learned earlier that his dad likes lots of kinds of mistresses, just uh, whoever, basically. Yeah, for all we know, Vin and Ellen could be sister and brother, you know? (laughs) What was the sideshow Bob from The Simpsons? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like like you just stepped on a rake. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. The end of the chapter is Ellen, uh, like, I focus on my house surviving this house war, and after that, maybe me and Valette can work something out. So it's kind of nice. Around the lies and the scams. Yeah. What's your real name? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I assume that it's, does he really think that it's Valette? She's used her real ska name uh, while infiltrating <laughs> this uh, society. I will say, though, like, from what you, just before we end the chapter there, like you were saying earlier, it's like, I don't know what Venture gets out of this. And like, turns out Venture actually, like Strap Venture worked out the best out of all this. On like on the one hand, he could have had his son killed and get a better heir. On the other hand, he had a member of House Alarial dead on their property after trying to assassinate his heir. And he's like, oh, cool. I can bring all my political power to bear on my rivals. I have an excuse. Yeah. And it, like, I mean, it looks good. He, he actually, looks powerful. 
Yeah, he he actually he actually came out of this probably better than anyone else. Yeah, and the, even the Alarials are gonna be like, wait, he killed our daughter? She was misborn. How did he do that? Yeah, what are they doing over there? Did they put something in the water over in Cape Venture? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're right that it's like everything. It, it, I mean, his son didn't die like he wanted, but he comes out looking pretty good. Uh, it, it, yeah, Ellen even thinks he's like, w- with such a triumph, Lord Venture would be insufferable for days. Ellen has a whole long paragraph of thought about he wants to be in charge, but his dad's young and healthy. Shoot, not going to get to be in charge anytime soon. Poor boy. Mm. And yeah, that's the end of these two chapters. Uh, anybody have some yeah. final thoughts to share on these chapters before we move into other things? Man, I hope uh, I, I hope what we've been talking about happens. I hope this thing picks up because it, it was the combat was very exciting. So I hope there's a quite a bit of falling action yet to come. Okay. Yeah, if it slows way down again, yeah, you might be sad. I mean, we're we're at at the end of this chapter, we're at eighty three percent. So we have what's that, seventeen percent left? Not a whole lot. And some of that percentage is uh, actually the Ars Arcanum at the end of the book, where it talks about. Uh, the different powers like there's there's a whole uh yeah it's called the ars arcanum where it's got like charts and it's like here's the different metals and what they do so that's that's like a percent or two probably science (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so let us move into the trademarked predigments segment of the show who has some predictions to share for our predigments section i don't really have anything like new um, in terms of predictions, but uh, you know, I dropped a pretty big one last week. Um, <laughs> yep. I still like for me, I don't think that's changed with the the epigraph that we had in the first chapter we read this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still kind of on that. I'm really interested to see where Vin's you know strength or additional power comes from. I know Joe's a, a fan of Vin perhaps being the Lord Ruler's daughter. You know, if, if the Lord Ruler was Reshek, like I thought, he's a terraceman, what powers does he have? Do, that coupled with Alamancy, does that sort of help that additional strength in the powers? Also might explain why, you know, she can feel his power when she's burning, when she's smoking as well. So I, yeah, I'm kind of liking that those theories that we've come up with so far but I'm, I'm definitely thinking there's going to be something important in her bloodline which enables her to to be able to sense alimentic ability when she's not supposed to, which I hope we learn about soon. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe she can maybe she can feel alimentic pressure because of her father being the Lord Ruler. My thought on that is she felt something far away, like the beating of a drum. Like, that just makes me think, mm. is she feeling the Lord Ruler all the way from where she is, without even really That's what trying. I thought, too, yeah. yeah. Because they've got, like, they've got a blood connection of some kind. And springboarding off of, like, that, and what I and Jamie have both talked about in the past, it it's all about, to me, it's all, it all, it's all about the jewelry, right? They keep saying, oh, it's just a fashion thing. But it's like, her mom puts that earring on her, calls her a queen, right? We talk about who wore who used to wear metal before the Lord Ruler, before Alamancy, the terraceman. They used it for ferrochemy. Mm-hmm. So the Lord Ruler is a terraceman who turned on the outsider who was supposed to be the hero, 
who he propped himself up as Lord Ruler. He's got a sect that's loyal to him and the Terracemen. They become the people who, you know, it said in the ancient past, the noblemen that were, uh, you know, loyal to the Lord Ruler, mm. he, he granted special powers to. So he's got his sect of Terracemen. And then, of course, he's going to want to turn on all the other Terracemen and the Keepers who know the truth and the secrets in the past. And he's going to say, no, I, I mean, I got to get rid of these guys. They're not loyal to me like my special sect of Terracemen are. Got to get them out of the way. So, I mean, that's I, I think we've all been building to this for a while, and I'm, I'm hoping it pays off. So the, the two theories together, for some reason, really bring to mind to me the dogma scene. And Jay's just like, OK, so wait. If Vin is the Lord Ruler's daughter and the Lord Ruler is really Rashek, then Vin is half Terrace? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Could explain why when she, she, she borrowed something of Say's as well, she couldn't quite access the memory, but it's she could sense that it was there. Hmm. And that's what Sage yeah, is like, like yeah, that's what it feels like when you try and access something that someone else has stored. Like, you can't do uh, that. Right. You have to explore it yourself. But maybe normal Alamancers can't do that. Only she can mm-hmm. feel that extra power that she can't access because she's part terrorist or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Dak, you got something? Uh, I have something completely unrelated to these theories. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be the odd one out. To give it context, lately I've been watching all the Planet of the, Planet of the Apes movies, and I mean all of them, because of Poet and Billy, listen to their podcast. As you do. Um, yeah, that, it was a trip, I'll tell you that. But anyway, so reading this chapter, having watched the recent ones with Andy Serkis, I, I remember in the second one there's the bit where the guy, you know, they need to turn the power on, so he goes to Ape, Ape City, and he walks in, and all, all the apes capture him, and he's just like, no, I need to talk to Caesar. And for some reason, that scene in my head is playing out here with Ellen Venture. He's going to waltz right into Clubs' shop and saying, like, I need to talk to Valette. And, like, all the others just be like, well, he's found us. We've got to fucking kill him now. Ooh. Um, that would be an interesting I'm, scene, yeah. Because I, I feel like Ellen is just, just from his head, he doesn't think things through. His friends are trying to tell him that right now. Like, he's just saying, no, you're getting robbed. And he's like, yeah, but I'm being robbed by someone who's hot. Um, <laughs> so, like... He just he he doesn't think things through, and so now he's just like, oh my god, she's a scar. I could have, have so many conversations with her and everything else. So I think he is just gonna boldly walk into this shop, and like they're all gonna catch him, and it's like, all right, we have to fuck him up. What do we do? And like and <laughs> like it's, instead of Caesar, Kelsey is gonna be standing up, just going, no, 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 my surrogate daughter likes him. We better not kill him. <laughs> I could totally see Ellen doing that, just being so oblivious to the potential danger that he's like. Hey guys, so I heard that there's some ska thieves in here, and I would like to talk to Valet, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, this is my impression of of uh, Ellen. It's like walking by a burning building, walks into the building across the street, be like, "Do you guys smell something burning?" <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's accurate. Poor Ellen. He's such a nice guy. It's it's you know. Yeah, he's 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 kind of oblivious. Okay, okay. It's like, oh my god, the guy who fell in through the roof was trying to kill me? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous. I thought he just... It's even ridiculous the way he describes it to himself. He's like, I just figured he tripped and fell through the glass. Like, what? (laughs) You think a a trained spy tripped on the roof over his own feet and fell through the glass? 
He's just like listening to the guy's dying gasp. It's like, what is it? What is that you're saying? I think he's asking to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> oh, we didn't. We didn't. I didn't even mention that. But Venture says that they didn't capture any alive because the one in Ellen's room was dead when he fell through. And Ellen's like, No, I know that he was alive. I saw this before we left. What is my dad up to? So there's another just little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> Your, your okay. dad, the dick, is up to dickish things. <laughs> well, yeah. Who who would have thought it? Who would have thunk it? So, for next week, I'm going to go ahead and touch on this now. We will be reading three chapters, 32, 33, and 34. And you guys, I think, will be very grateful that I am not making you stop after 33. I'm just going to say that much. Ooh. So, before we move out of the predigments thing totally, I want to get a quick idea from you, and we're going to go into this maybe more next time, but just a quick thought. How do you think at this point, when we've got uh, three, four, five, six, seven chapters and an epilogue left in this book, about what is it? Jesus. 17%. uh, How do you guys think that this is going to end? Just like big picture. Are we going to beat the Lord Ruler? Are we going to fail and, you know, have to regroup for the next time? Is something completely out of left field going to – something strange is going to happen entirely? How are we going to end this book? I don't think we're going – uh, I don't know that we're going to defeat him in this book. Um, I just We haven't actually met him yet. So with only, you know, 17% to go, it just feels a little bit strange that it would be like the Lord Ruler rocks up and it's like, boom, dead, gone, defeated. <clears throat> you know, another arrow through the heart probably won't do it, you know. <laughs> just, bon Jovi's yeah. not coming back. <laughs> just because it worked on Sean doesn't mean it'll work on the Lord Ruler. I... Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll have the answers that we want at the end of this book. I do expect to see probably some kind of battle. I think Eland is a bit slow on the uptake, but I think he will probably convert sides. I don't think he'll stay loyal to his house. Um he he does want a better future. Um I think Eland has definitely got a bigger part to play. In the whole story, I'm not quite sure where he'll fit in yet, but I, I also don't think that we'll get those answers in the rest of this particular book. I think okay. a lot of what we're looking for, we probably won't see until later. All right. Jack, what about you? What do you how is it going to end? I think, I don't know, I feel like they're really ramping up their plans to attack these stations and... I don't know if that's going to be a trap or not, but if but if it is, I feel like they'll probably swing it to their advantage somehow. I've been thinking since the start that they are going to topple the Empire successfully. I don't okay. think Lord Ruler is going to die. I think he he himself might escape, but he'll escape into the wilderness and no one will know where he is. So I think that's going to and that'll make him that'll make him more dangerous for future books. But I think mm. the overall. I think the overall goal of um, bringing down the Empire is going to succeed. I agree. I think Elend is going to switch sides uh, and work with them. Like, um, I may as well make an official prediction. I threw it out as a joke earlier, but uh, he, he will be the ambassador between the formal no- former noble factions and the Scar, which for some of the noble, noble people is going to go down like a lead balloon because they'll see him as a traitor, but whatever. Yeah. But... Yeah, on the whole, I think they will survive. I don't. I feel like not everyone's going to make it out of the book alive. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards clubs at this point because we really, really haven't had much to do with clubs. He's kind of just given them a house and then not really 
been around visibly. And even when they have the group meetings, I know it's his thing to not talk much. Like every so often we'll just get, oh yeah, and Clubs was there too. But yeah. but I feel like he's easily the least developed of the crew, so I think he's gonna go, he's gonna die because he's an established character, and they'll show the stakes. The stakes are real. Spook maybe as well. Maybe you got the whole family. Okay. Yeah. With yeah. Clubs. Wasing with the death. <laughs> <laughs> Dying with the spear. Oh God. With clubs, I mean, uh, Vin's sort of had one-on-one time with I think mm, everyone else now. But not clubs yet, and maybe maybe clubs' lesson is still to come because he is really good at what he does. And I think that's interesting that the lesson we haven't had yet, and that's the one where a lot of our questions lie about being able to penetrate that that cloud. So yeah, uh, I'm not sure that clubs will die. Has she had a one-on-one with like Spook? No, but no. that I don't know that Spook would be able to teach her anything. Yeah. Also, is it, can't is understand it him, so. right? Is it also? I feel like again, maybe I'm underestimating it, but I feel like being a tin eye is like the most obvious of them. It's like you, your 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 senses are better. Mm, maybe mm. I felt like strength was kind of the most obvious of them, but uh, I can see what I can see why you'd say that. Yeah. Okay. Joe. Ah, uh, ooh, predictions, predictions. Um, so. I this is what I hope happens. I hope they come into some kind of fight with the Lord Ruler, and maybe maybe the Lord Ruler is defeated, and Kelsier and the Lord Ruler are are matching together in combat, and the Lord Ruler actually, um, while being defeated, defeats Kelsier at the same time, or the Lord Ruler's defeated, the deepness like flies out of him and then attaches itself to Kelsier. And then, like, Vin has to go on some epic quest to learn about the deepness so that she can defeat her surrogate father slash evil. Mm. Um, and maybe that's when Club's lessons will come in. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're going to have to learn how to hide all the time. So you're going on this quest, and here's here's what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, maybe that's that's why we haven't got to Club's yet. His, his part's coming up um, in the next in the next book, maybe. That, that, I think that'd be a pretty interesting turn. Okay. Well, I mean, that sort of makes sense, because the second book is called The Well of Ascension, so she has to go on a quest to figure this shit out. That's where, probably where yeah. she would go. <laughs> uh, yeah. For some, for some reason, when you're talking about, like, Kelsier and the Lord Ruler, like, defeating the Lord Ruler, but also being defeated, I was just... In, in my mind, you were going to be like... And so he's standing over the Lord Ruler, and then the Lord Ruler's like, Martha! <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that name? No, no, or he's no. going to say mayor. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to say mayor. Mayor. Mm, yep. What see? was that name? Why'd Why you did you say, say that name? name? <laughs> Why'd you say it? That was his mother's name. What? <laughs> the Lord Ruler's mother was mayor. Oh my gosh, it all makes so much sense now. What? It, it doesn't at all. It doesn't. <laughs> Not okay. even a little. Yeah, he's like, thank you, mother, for finding, for bringing me these people. So... <laughs> Let's move <laughs> to uh, – we got some emails this week. We got three different emails this week that I was going to read. All so right. We got one from Jason, and Jason says, hey, I have a few spoilers, so don't show it to the others or omit them if you read this on the air. I guess I didn't need to read that part. But he says, I've been really <laughs> enjoying your podcast and have been listening to it while rereading the books. It's a lot of fun to see your wild theories and not-so-wild theories. I like the idea of doing a best predictions thing at the end. 
And uh, he's like, there's even one in particular that I rewinded to make sure I heard it correctly. And I, I won't say which one that is. That's what he's and he's uh, he also says that afterwards he would love to see us do uh, talk about something like how obvious some some things were in hindsight that we find uh, by the time we get to the end. Thanks for a great podcast, Jason. So thank you, Jason. Appreciate the positive thoughts. I like hearing nice things. The second one is from Retro Rocket. And he says, hey, or he, she could be, you know, I don't want to be gender uh, ignorant. Hey, so I just want to say that I love your podcast. It is interesting hearing this re- this read this way with all the theories and stuff. I tend to read really fast. I think on my first read, I read it in three to four days. And so I didn't have time to think through everything. I love all the stuff that you guys are catching and some things that are deliciously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I won't. He talks about some, or she talk. They talk about some of their favorite theories, but I'm not gonna read that part because uh, it might give something away here. Oh, and they warn us about uh, how the uh, the afterward to the eleventh metal has some spoilers, which I mentioned before. But we'll get to. I'm gonna be very specific about that before we're moving into reading that. So thank you, Retro Rocket. I'm glad that you're enjoying. And I, I know what you mean. We've talked about it before, but I also tend to read really fast. So I didn't think stop and think about anything the first time I read through these. And so do oh. I. I. I read very fast, and this is incredibly difficult at times. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Finish the book. Yeah, I, I've found myself having to read, like, three other books at the same time so that I'm not, like, trying to read this one. Yep. Well, you could read the new Dresden Files that just came out. I'm not caught up. I'm only on White Knight. Give me a break. Honestly, not the best one. Uh, it, it's they had to divide the book into two books, and it's pretty yeah. clear that it's like half the story. So, well, that's, love, why do you think I'm? Why do you think I've been stuck on it for like ten years? Oh no, we're talking about the new one. Yeah, the new one. Sorry. Oh, the new one. That's that's yeah. Nice. It, it, it he, started as one book, and it was too big, so they had to cut it into two. Which, in, on some levels, is ridiculous, because, like, Brandon's books are way bigger than any even double Dresden Files book. But apparently his publisher is like, no, we can't print a book this big. <laughs> we can't print a book this big. Well, okay, so <laughs> they said they could, but it would cost, like, $60. Uh, like, no, come on, this is ludicrous. I like, mean, yeah, that is much bigger crazy. books selling for cheaper. But anyway. I mean, when yeah. the fifth Harry Potter book came out, I think it was 35 Of course, that was in 2002. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, anyway, st- still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed Peace Talks, but it's clearly half a story. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, me and Dak won't won't keep everyone on Dresden Files forever because it's awesome. But uh, <laughs> yes, everyone go read Dresden Files while you're waiting for the next episode of our amazing podcast. Okay, sorry. Third email. Uh, this one is just signed Songbird. It says, I just discovered your show on Apple Podcasts and binged all the episodes in a few days. You guys are awesome, and this is a really fun way to experience this story again. Joe's random references especially always get me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the yep. Final Fantasy talk. Don't let data stop you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to know there's a fellow fan of my random references. <laughs> It is, it is still so weird to be just thinking to myself, wow, we have fans. Just yeah. like, you know, people who listen and like it. I'm, listeners. I'm, yeah, listeners. I feel like that's a more polite way. But yes, I appreciate everyone who likes listening to these and hearing all of this. Uh, and this person thinks it's really fun. So Yeah, I hope you also like Futurama because we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't actually finish this email. It says, thanks so much for making these, and please keep doing into Well of Ascension. I assume that's going or 
keep doing this. Hey, he's talking like Spook. It's fine. <laughs> Leave him alone. I Do it with wait. the welling of ascending. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear what parallels he manages to find in that story. I assume still referencing Joe. This person is a big Joe fan. Hey, I'm not a big Joe fan, so I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if anyone wants to hear more of uh, Joe's patented uh, comedy, uh, where can they find you on YouTube? Oh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, called Joe Show Play. No, no spaces. I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm posted there in a while. The last thing I did was uh, Final Fantasy VII remake videos because if you haven't been able to tell right now, I'm a huge Final Fantasy VII fan. So uh, that's probably the last thing I've had on my channel. So I haven't posted in there in a while. But yeah, check it out if you're interested. Dak, Jamie, if you guys want to plug anything, feel free. <laughs> since, we, since we had Joe, a Joe plug, I uh, don't have anything like that <laughs> <at> this stage. <laughs> Well, no, uh, Dak is going to be on the Poet and Billy podcast, right? You just did an episode uh, last night? Yes, yes, that's that should be coming out uh, soon. Actually, it was it was funny. I might as well bring this up now. So a few weeks ago, Jamie and I listened to another episode of, of the Poet and Billy podcast. And as we're listening, I just like Jamie just goes, they really do just talk about anything, don't they? Um, <laughs> they sure yep. do, Jamie. And then, sure so, do. Yes, so yesterday when we were recording, I, I mentioned that to, to – I mentioned that to – poet and billy and um they lost their collective shit like that was the funniest thing they'd heard all day because my comedy wasn't good enough for them and <laughs> and uh so poets straight away went to podbean and to apple and everything else and edited the description of their podcast to include you know those quotes you have on the backs of, on movie posters saying this movie was amazing four stars and everything else and then credit who it was for he he added that to their description it's like they really just talk about anything don't they and credit to jamie of the sandalanche Yay. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. awesome. So, in, 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 Poet and Billy are friends of ours, and if anyone uh, cared uh, to listen to them talk about random crap, our Podbean, the Sanderlanch account, does follow the Poet and Billy show Podbean account. You can find it there. I don't know why we're plugging random things. Although, <laughs> it, sort of on the topic of this show, since we were talking about Final Fantasy, it reminded me, uh, Brandon Sanderson has a newsletter that he sends out maybe a couple times a year. And in the most recent one, and uh, you guys, if any any listeners don't aren't signed up for the newsletter, go to his website and sign up. It's really awesome. The last one had a, a preview chapter of the upcoming uh, Rhythm of War, which is coming out in November. But also in that newsletter, he had a new section in the most recent one where he's like, I get asked these sort of questions a lot at, at uh, conventions and signings and things. So I decided to put some stuff in here just to help you guys get to know me personally more. So he did his top 10 favorite video games. Uh, only allowing for one video game from any particular franchise. But the Final Fantasy game that was in his top ten was Final Fantasy X, which he said was his favorite Final Fantasy game, despite the fact that mm, he's played, mm. he, he has played all of them and loves <laughs> all of them, he said. Uh, and I, I just want to say, Brandon, if you're out there, you're you're not right. You're you're incorrect. That is not the. the <laughs> it's 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 certainly not. Say, is, Joe, is Joe about Final to quit Fantasy this podcast? Game. No, no, no. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I would say, you know, it's in the top five, but it's not it's not number one. It's it's actually a really good game. And he pointed out when he talked about it in the newsletter that it's the first one that's fully voiceover, mm-hmm. acting, which, that's true. It, you know, adds a whole lot. And he liked that the protagonist wasn't like your general JRPG, like moody teenage guy. He felt it was a well-adjusted guy which i don't know that i see i I don't agree with that that guy's got a lot of daddy issues (laughs) he has so many daddy (laughs) issues but that's my main issue with final fantasy 10 is 
Titus. I hate him so much. Yeah, he's very obnoxious. He brings the whole thing down. And while Yuna is one of my like top ten Final Fantasy of any game characters, I love Yuna. Mm-hmm. It bothers me that she falls for him so completely, and she deserves so much right. better. Right. So <laughs> I, I really, I really feel like they just at the time they couldn't bring themselves to make the protagonist a female. But I feel like that is exactly what they should have done. They should have just made Yuna the main character for sure. Mm-hmm. Like she is in Final Fantasy X too, which I would have accepted as a favorite game because it's awesome. <laughs> it's not, it's not most people's favorite, but still. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like the guys who made Final Fantasy X were like, let's do mushrooms and then make another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So hopefully uh, songbird, that was that person. Hopefully you enjoyed that Final Fantasy uh, side trip. That still <laughs> yeah. retained relevance to uh, the topic of the show. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Brandon likes a Final Fantasy game. That's that's cool. Yeah, he likes all of them. He said that he's played all of them, and uh, he enjoys... We'll just look at his top ten list real quick while I'm talking about it. <laughs> right. Number nine, Chump. See what else is on there. Number eight, that was, uh, Chumpette. <laughs> number ten is Katamari Damase, which I agree. That's an awesome game. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, Undertale, Super Mario World. Good Super one. Mario World is good. Breath of the Wild, which Dak is playing right now. Fantastic. Oh my game. god, that is addictive. Yeah, it really oh, is. It so is. And I told you we, we got like we, we bought a whole thing to like spoof amiibos <laughs> so we get the bonuses from different amiibos when we were playing that game. <laughs> uh, Halo two, which he explains he feels is the best Halo game, but it's underrated by other people. I think the story is the best story of any Halo game and and if that's where he's coming from, I agree. I agree. Uh, Civilization Six. Sorry, Roman numerals. They throw me a little bit sometimes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. We, we won't we won't go deep into all of that. Sign up for the newsletter is is basically that. Not you three. You can't do that. But uh, anyone else. Oh yeah. Sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That 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 is that concludes our emails that we received. Uh, thank you, everyone. If anyone else wants to send emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at thesanderlanch, on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. Is that all the places? That may be all the places. Please draw sections from the book and, uh, that we've <laughs> described and send them to us. Some people want art. Joe wants music. I just want you guys to listen and enjoy. I'm not going to ask any more than that, so... I mean, we never ask our audience for anything, right? <laughs> not asking, we're just encouraging them. It's like, this would be cool if you did that. Anyway, so like I said, next week, chapters 32, 33, and 34. Altogether, it's it's not it's not the longest chunk of text that we've done, but it's like the third longest. So it's uh, it maybe a longer episode with three chapters that are relatively long but uh they're really good chapters and like i said you guys would hate me if i made you stop at 33 i suspect so enjoy and um (laughs) music by miracle of sound anything else we want to touch on before we leave i think that's all i got nope be excellent to each other and party (laughs) on dudes yeah you listened you can't unlisten i I was trying to think of a few drama to go out on that's a good one (laughs) <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Bring up the brother in me. I'm searching for unity. Everything is changing inside of me. The city's under my feet. The ruin, the feeling. Everything is changing inside of me.
I almost hung up instead of just stopping the recording. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs>